What's cracking, everybody out there? This is I, Emmett Watkins Jr., back with another episode of the Players Club Podcast, episode 90. We are getting up there in episode ages, is what I was about to say, but just episode numbers. Uh, we're getting very close to uh, episode 100, so that's very fun. Uh, I should probably do something for that episode, huh? But uh, for this episode, it's going to be a more low-key episode. I really just wanted to do a really quick one real quick, because I'm going to be honest with you. My ideas for uh, things to talk about on the podcast are kind of slim right this second, Uh, so I'm just going to do a little quick hit episode. You're going to get a fireside chat episode where it's just me today. It's been a very long time since we've done an episode where it's just me, so uh, I figured, hey, why not? It's been... I, I was about to say a couple weeks. It's probably been a couple months since we've done something like that. So I said, hey, fuck it. Let's uh, let's see what happens. So uh, just me hopping on today. I got a couple games that we're going to talk about here, um, but I'm going to keep the tradition going from last episode, and we're going to talk about our little quick hit topics first to start off the podcast, and then I'll tell you what I'm playing towards the back half of the show. I will say, though, since the what we're playing segment is only for one person today, um, I went ahead and added three games instead of the usual two, uh, just because I don't have too much to say on some of them. Uh, and plus, together, they'll make a little bit more of a, a healthier size segment here. But I'll tell you right now, I do not expect to sit here and talk for two hours straight. <laughs> I'm expecting, uh, you know, this will be a slightly shorter episode. But honestly, our podcasts tend to be over two hours long. So maybe that's relief for some of you hearing that. So uh, in any case, we do have a couple of uh, quick hit topics that I want to get to here today. So uh, the first thing that I want to hit up on, uh, well, before I even get to the first topic, I want to just briefly mention, um, we're going to have a couple of topics here. I know this isn't normally how we do the podcast. We usually have one big main topic here. But um, like I said, I didn't have anything super strongly that I felt like I wanted to make a whole topic about because I just haven't been having a lot of thoughts. I've been not in a bad headspace, but I've been in a very like... Things haven't changed internally since last week type of mindset, if that makes sense at all. Um, I'm still playing Horizon Zero Dawn. That's like my entire life right now. I've beaten a couple games, actually, but I was so close to the end on all of those games that, you know, there's not too much to talk about there. As far as news goes, there's not too much crazy exciting that's happening in the video game space that I'm like, oh, man, I could talk about this for half an hour. Nah, there's nothing like that. A couple cool things that we're going to point to here. But uh, yeah, it's just been kind of like, a, all right, this, we're, we're in the mid-season. <laughs> things aren't popping off too crazy. I will say Kirby does come out. Kirby and the Forgotten Land comes out. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, I believe it comes out tomorrow, but I'm recording this on Wednesday. So uh, it comes out in two days. So very excited for that one. Uh, I am a big not Kirby person. I I don't care about Nintendo at all, but you know, I've been getting more into the Switch after I played the Bayonetta series back in the day. And by back in the day, I mean a couple months ago on the Switch. And now I'm looking at Kirby and I'm like, this is cute. And this seems to have the type of gameplay that I'm a bigger fan of. Cause I really like the cute aesthetic of uh of Animal Crossing as well. But then when it got right down to it, Animal Crossing is not the type of gameplay that I am enthralled by so kirby seems like it's going to be right up my alley very excited for that had that pre-order for a while now uh so we'll be talking about that on the next podcast but as far as what i'm playing today it's it's some slightly older stuff some slightly newer stuff uh and of course i'm still playing horizon uh i just 
um, did the Ted Farrow mission. I won't spoil what that means, but if you know, you know. Uh, so I think I'm getting towards the end of that. Hopefully we'll be able to do a spoiler cast on that sometime in April. I said I would do it in late March. It looks like late March ain't going to happen because I've been luxuriating in this game. But uh, yeah, look forward to that. So we got a couple topics here. We got one, two, three, just four, just four topics here. Not too bad. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and start with the first topic of the show. Uh, is, is it a really a topic of the show if we have four different ones? Anyway, uh, Humble Bundle uh, went ahead and fucked up my whole vibe on the last episode, because if you remember the last episode of the Players Podcast, uh, we talked about the itch.io bundle for Ukraine and how you could get access to uh, several hundred independent developed games for $10 at least. Uh, and you could, of course, pay more and you should pay more. And that bundle has since closed. They raised several millions. I want to say they raised like, I think it ended around $7 million that they raised for Ukraine, uh, which is insane. So, you know, good, good on itch.io for doing that. But then Humble Bundle comes out and they're like, yo, hold my beer. <laughs> and they also released themselves a bundle. Now, the, the price, the barrier to entry on this bundle is a little bit higher. Uh, it's $40 instead of the 10 but not only are you getting um, some really good indie games in this bundle, you're also getting some good full-scale games in here as well. Uh, and I will have the link to this bundle in the description. By the time you're listening to this, it should be Thursday. So I want to say there's only about a day left to hop on this bundle and buy everything here. Um, but it's been up for the past week or so. It literally went up the day after we put out our episode last week so it's been up for a while uh so hopefully this is the first time you're hearing about it but uh just looking through the bundle here we got metro exodus which is a game that i've talked about really really being a, a big fan of i love that game we got back for blood the uh left for dead like from uh turtle rock studios uh that people thought was pretty solid but it didn't stick around too much so if you want a reason to play it, now there's going to be a big player base coming in with this bundle. Uh, so yeah, you get that included. Spyro Ignited Trilogy. Uh, folks who have listened to the podcast before know Spyro the Dragon is the first game I ever played. Uh, and it's the game that made me an Insomniac fan. Uh, so yeah, Spyro the Dragon Reignited Trilogy, really good. Oh, and all of these games I'm talking about are on Steam, unless I specify otherwise. These are all Steam keys. Um, so that's a good one. Sunset Overdrive, speaking of uh, Insomniac, Sunset Overdrive is a really awesome Insomniac title. Very underrated. It's kind of doing the open world fun traversal, fun combat thing that Spider-Man does, but earlier and a little bit differently. Uh, so I love Sunset Overdrive. That's one of my like... I want to say this in my top 25 games of all time. It's up there. Uh, then we have Quantum Break, uh, you know, from Remedy. Uh, they make great games. And Quantum Break is one of their games where it's not hated, but it doesn't have that same cult classic vibe as a lot of their other games. But people like Quantum Break. It is a very solid shooter. Uh, it's just very, it's experimental in a different way that people are used to from these Remedy titles, but uh, still a great game and to be included in this bundle, it's a really good deal. Uh, and then you got a bunch of other ones here, uh, just scrolling through. I mean, you have some games that I am less specifically familiar with. I know This War of Mine, Final Cut, is included in this bundle. I have not played This War of Mine, but I know it is literally about what is going on in Ukraine. Um, it's literally just trying to live through a war zone when you're a non-combatant, and it's it's very rough, as they portray in the game. Um, so it's, ac it's apt that 
this game is available in this bundle. I know that they, the developer of this game actually had a uh, thing going on a couple weeks ago where for a good, I think it was 24 hours, maybe 48 hours, all purchases of the game would, all the proceeds from those purchases would go to Ukraine. So uh, to help support them. So, you know, it's nice to see that um, for you sports fans out there. PGA Tour 2K21 is in this bundle as well. Uh, very interesting snow covered survival game. The Long Dark is in here as well. Car Mechanic Simulator 2018. I know Nick Scarpino probably likes that one. Uh, Endless Space 2, which is a game. Looks like it's a space RPG from Sega from Amplitude Studios. I've seen stuff about that game, but I'm not entirely sure what it is. So interesting. Uh, Ring of Pain, which is a uh, roguelike kind of card dungeon crawler game, uh, which I'm interested in. It looks very intimidating as far as the art style goes, but perhaps I might like it because that game reminds me a lot of Slay the Spire, which is also in this bundle. Slay the Spire, one of my favorite roguelikes of all time. I think that game is great. I think it's addictive uh, in the best way. And yeah, can't recommend it enough. Slay the Spire is great. Uh, let's see. Skullgirl's second encore is in this bundle. Starbound as well. Kerbal Space Program, if you haven't tried out that phenomenon. Uh, Pop-Up Dungeon, which I've heard decent things about. I forget, is this an RPG? Oh, yeah, tactical roguelike RPG. Okay. I didn't know if it was one of those hack and slash dungeons or RPG dungeons, and I got my answer. Um, <clears throat> excuse me there. Uh, Wander Song, which is another game we just got done talking about last episode for the itch.io bundle. It's also in this bundle, too. So if you picked it up in itch.io or if you wanted this game but wanted it to have all the little features of Steam, you know, your achievements, your your fancy whatevers, your your time tracking that Steam does. Uh, Wonder Song is now available with the Steam key here. So pick that one up. Another one I'll recommend here, uh, Superland. I've talked about Superland on the podcast in the past, but uh, yeah, it's basically, I've described it as Metroid Prime, but goofier. It, it's kind of very much so just like little toys in a sandbox. And by sandbox, I mean a literal actual children's sandbox uh and it's like this open world thing but the world is like like a percentage of every other open world out there is very small very compact but it's also very uh complex there's a lot of hidden paths there's a lot of uh unlocking an ability and then going back to an old area with that new ability and unlocking new areas in that area uh it, it's it's a very fun little there is combat, there is some shooting, but it's it's honestly in the back burner. This is more of an exploration, puzzle-solving game, and I enjoy it a lot. I played a good chunk of it back in the day on, on PC. Uh, I want to say it's on Game Pass now as well, but I played it back on PC, and I need to get back to it because that game was really, really fun. Uh, and yeah, it's a super solid game. Can't recommend that one enough, uh, so go out for that one. We got Crying Sons in here. We have MMO Gloria Victus, which I have never heard of. I have never, it's an MMO and it looks like it's kind of like hack and slashy combat uh, where Mountain Blade meets Planet Side 2 is what they say in the description. So if that sounds great, go ahead and check that out. I will say the code for Gloria Victus expires on April 25th. So you want to cash that one in uh, sooner rather than later. The entire Amnesia trilogy. Actually, I don't know if it's a trilogy because I remember. Okay, so it's Amnesia: The Dark Descent. It's Amnesia: Machine for Pigs, and it's also Amnesia: Rebirth. And I understand Rebirth is the most recent Amnesia, Amnesia game. 
So all those are available in this bundle. Uh, Monaco, What's Yours is Mine is in this bundle. Drawful 2, Super Hot, another one we mentioned from the itch.io itch bundle is in here. Uh, Dear Esther, Landmark Edition, Broken Age, Piki, ooh, God, Piku Niku? Piku Niku. Not entirely sure what that game is, but you've seen it around. It's a it's a cute little Loco Roco type of art style game. Uh, it looks really cute, and I've played a little bit of it. It is uh, pretty fun and endearing. Um, let's see. Iron Dagger is in this bundle. Another game I have never heard with. Tactical combat game with a unique time manipulation mechanic. All right, I got to look into that. This one is weird. Uh, this next game here, Lust from Beyond M Edition. I have heard of this game only because there was some like indie showcase I was watching and then uh what's his name the guy who created God of War and Twisted Metal uh David Jaffe popped on to talk about a couple games from this publisher and this is one of the games he mentioned and he mentioned that it, there was an unrated version coming out so my question is what the fuck's in this game if they have to have an m-rated version and an un and an unrated version what the hell could be in this game so i now own it i bought this bundle so perhaps i'll find out but if it's anything like i don't know i was gonna mention what was it uh to be a geek there's this greek game that i talked about on the podcast not too long ago and i gotta find out what it is <laughs> i'm gonna look that up while i'm looking the rest of these things up but yeah, other games in this bundle, Inmost, Pathway, Rustler, some decent indies there, 112 Operator, 911 Operator, Radio Commander, uh, Kingdom Two Crowns, West of Dead, which I played a little bit of way back in the day, that's pretty solid, uh, Tooth and Nail, this is the little cute mouse game, or maybe I wouldn't call it cute, but uh, it's a real-time strategy game uh, featuring you know, anthropomorphic mice, uh, the original system shock enhanced edition. Uh, so that's, you know, if you want to go play a classic, this one, I love a lot going under the roguelike, uh, little action combat game. I love the art style on that one. I think that game is great. Uh, toe jam and Earl back in the groove fury unleashed next machina Yoku's Island express, which I've talked about loving. I love that game as well. Uh, and then just a bunch of games on here. There's so many games in here. Pose Void, which I've thought about buying on many occasions, but now I finally own that. That is a really cool looking uh, first person shooter uh, or shooter. It's not always a shooter, but we got Lust for Darkness, which is a game that looks sensual that <laughs> just caught my eye just because of the thumbnail. But will I actually play that and or enjoy it? Lord only knows, but uh, I own it now. So whatever. Uh, Liberated also, which is a cool little comic book, black and white art style looking game. Uh, Dinosaurs Go Home, Draw Slasher, The Amazing American Circus, uh, Telefrag VR for those uh, PC VR owners out there. Um, and many, many, many more. And it's not just games in this bundle, to be honest with you. They have a bunch of other things in here, too. Oh, Say No More is another game I wanted to give a shout out here. Um, but it's a bunch of comics in here. You got the Army of Darkness one-shot Humble Bundle exclusive uh, in here. You got uh, Red Sonja petitioning the Queen. Um, Pathfinder second edition core rule book. So this is like a D&D &D book there. Uh, they got a couple D D roleplay type things. They have a Warhammer Fantasy roleplay second edition core rule book. Uh this is a lot. Holy shit. Uh they got oh my god, the boys volume one is in here. Um automate the boring stuff with Python, a little uh just honestly, just the digital book that you can just read. Uh the in call, the black in call number one 
through six volumes. Okay, not entirely sure what that is, but that looks to be another comic. Um, and they have just software in here as well. They got Game Guru, they got RPG Maker, they got uh, Photo Optimizer 7, they got PDF Suite. Actually, Photo Optimizer 7, I probably need to look into that because I bought this bundle and I haven't cracked into a good chunk of this stuff. And Photo Optimizer 7, if I can just do what Photoshop is in that software, then I can stop paying for Photoshop. So I might just move to that. Um, and then you got Music Maker, EDM Edition, uh, and you got a bunch of 3D models as well to use in your own games if you would like. Or just actually, three, these are just 3D, printable, 3D printable models. So, you know, that's good, too. There's a lot of good software in here. And there's also Game Maker Studio 2. Uh, 12 months of that subscription is available in this bundle as well. So there's just a lot of good stuff in here for all types of people if you just want some cool games to play there's plenty of that of course but if you're a game maker yourself there's plenty to do here if you want to read some stuff there's plenty to do here and i'll tell you right now a handful of games in here uh come with some music as well so shout out to that actually let me make sure of that let me make sure of that before i go promising things because i remember uh i bought that boomer shooter bundle that came out uh, not too long ago. Talked about that on last week's podcast as well. And that Boomer Shooter bundle had some music in there. So let me make sure before I promise music in this one. Um, okay, yeah, there's no music. <laughs> there's no music here. But, you know, when you talk about the games, Max Payne 3 is in here. It's not a Steam key. It's a Rockstar Social key. So it's going to open in the Rockstar launcher. But there's a lot of good games in here. So it's definitely worth checking out. Uh, so yeah, that link will be in the description. So you can go ahead and check that one out there. Um, so yeah. Oh, and just to give a heads up here, how much money have they been raising so far? So far, let me go back to my link. Cause I went, I went to my order history to make sure there was, there wasn't music in here. Um, they've raised over $14 million for charity so far with this bundle. So they have, of course, just doing buku numbers up in here it's, it's genuinely insane how much money they've done um and for this bundle specifically uh humble usually has it to where you can choose the slider how much money do you want to give to the cause versus the developer versus the site this bundle specifically all money goes to ukraine so you know it's it's a good cause and it's worth it so go ahead and check that one out and then we'll go on to the next topic here, which is something more newsworthy than it is more uh, a, a cool charity thing. So let's go ahead and talk about this one. So in this next uh, story here, we have uh, CD Projekt, the developers of, of course, The Witcher and CD, or I was about to say CD Projekt Red again, pardon me, um, Cyberpunk 2077, the developers of that game, uh, they're back with a new announcement here. They're making another Witcher game. Um, we don't have too many, you know, things to say about this because, uh, first off, I've never even played a CD Projekt Red title. Um, the closest I've gotten is actually, it's a lie because I did play a little bit of Witcher 3, but when I say little bit, I mean literally like 45 minutes. <laughs> like I played the opening and then a little bit in that first little open area that you get before you even hit the full open world. And then I just put it down for whatever reason. But I do hope to go back once the uh, next generation update hits uh, PlayStation 5 because uh, playing that at a high frame rate sounds optimal. But uh, yeah, this new game that's coming out uh, looks like there, there's no type of release window or anything like that announced it's all just you know saying hey we're out here we're making a new game they specifically they're trying to go really hard on the fact that it's a new saga um 
they're, they're not saying this is Witcher 4 because, you know, they really wanted to put Geralt's story to rest with that last game in The Witcher 3 and all of its DLC. But uh, a new saga kind of implies, hey, maybe they're looking into different characters, a different side of the world. You know, there's a lot of potential that they could do with The Witcher series. And at this point, I feel like The Witcher is more of a uh, CD project thing than it is its own book series that, you know, the original author had, or even the Netflix show. I think the games still have more cachet than the Netflix show at this point. So, uh, yeah, can't wait to see what they do with this one. Now, they did say that they're working with Epic. They're going to be doing this game in Unreal Engine 5, which is the new next-gen engine that everyone seems to be using. Um, so, yeah, we'll see if that changes the development process at all. Maybe if that engine is easier to work with than Red Engine was, which is the engine they used on both Witcher 3 and uh, Cyberpunk. So we'll see what happens with this. Uh, I'm, I'm hopeful for them. I, I want CD Projekt Red to make good games, and I hope everybody likes their games because, God, Cyberpunk was such a shit show. And it's such a shit show where I feel like, because there are several people who legitimately love that game, but the only people who got to play that game in a decent way at launch were people who played on PC. So hopefully with this Unreal Engine announcement, that's an engine that Unreal has been on consoles for years and years and years at this point where the Red Engine still seems like it's a PC built engine trying to, you know, fold itself inside out to run on consoles. So with this new engine, hopefully uh, everything will run a little bit smoother. Hopefully there's no crunch at this time. Uh, I know they crunch really hard on Cyberpunk, despite promising not to. Uh, so here's hoping they can actually follow through because apparently the 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 person who's heading this project uh, said on Twitter that there's going to be no crunch on their watch. And, you know, you could talk a big game now, but you got to follow through. So hopefully they follow through. Uh, looking forward to see whatever this becomes. And yeah, I guess we'll find out about it in 2025 <laughs> or sometime down the line here. It'll be a while. I'll guarantee that. So uh, yeah, good for them on that. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about here, uh, PlayStation buys Haven. Haven Studios is coming to the PlayStation family. Um, now, if you're sitting there and like, hey, what's Haven Studios? I don't blame you because they have not released a game. Uh, this is the studio that, uh, let's see, I think it's Jade Raymond. Uh, yes, Jade Raymond. I was looking at the article here. Uh, this is the team that she put together. Uh, I know she had a couple stumbles there with uh, doing stuff with the Google Stadia team and then the funding for that kind of dropped out because they were pivoting their whole business model. Um, and she, I think she also did some stuff at EA and then that dropped out as well. Um, so it's nice to see not only is Jade Raymond finally getting into a studio and finally getting to work on something that looks like it's actually going to come out, but it seems like PlayStation has so much confidence in whatever this project is that she's working on. The fact that they bought the studio before it's even had a chance to really do something uh, is kind of crazy. Now, I will say... Uh, there was a lot of speculation once this announcement came off that uh, perhaps PlayStation is really buying the studio less because they're so impressed with the game they're making, which I'm sure is part of it, but more so they can have some type of in into Montreal. Uh, the Canadian game development scene is very large. There are a lot of video games that are made in Canada because they will give you so much tax money and tax credits if you're making your arts in Canada. There's so many subsidies that you can take advantage of uh, to where you can get things made for way cheaper up there. So it makes sense for PlayStation to finally have it in, in, the, in that market since Haven is located up in Ontario, Canada. So, you know, good for them. Good for Jade Raymond. Uh, I'm really just happy for her, man. I feel like for the last, like, 
five to seven years, all we've been hearing is Jade Raymond is working on this new exciting thing. And then something outside of her control just breaks it all down. So I'm glad that she's finally getting into something that she's happy about, that she loves, because uh, she seems like she's really talented. Uh, not even seems like, but she's really talented. Like the stuff she did back in the day with Ubisoft, like she knows what the fuck she's doing. And I'm excited to see her, you know, with a new project again uh hopefully we see something about this project i would love if we got some type of announcement for this project probably if we got anything this year it will probably be late this year because i want to say haven wasn't a thing until mid to late last year i want to say it was like mid last year where we where they made an announcement of their studio and their partnership with playstation um so it'll be a while before they're far enough along to show stuff to the public, but I'm very interested in this. It's a AAA multiplayer experience. Uh, the way they're talking about it is so nebulous that it could be anything from a Destiny clone to a successor to PlayStation Home. <laughs> they're talking about it in a very generalized way to where I'm like, hmm, wonder what the hell that could be. Uh, so I just want to see what the fuck it is. And then once I see what it is, then I can genuinely be excited at that point. So yeah, looking forward to see what comes out of Haven and cool that PlayStation, uh, snatched up another studio. This one doesn't feel so slimy in the way that the Activision and Microsoft merger came off as like, Oh man, that doesn't feel great. That was more of a sucker punch where this one's like, all right, good for you. They, they got another one. Now I, I will say once again, the acquisitions getting aggressive we're seeing a lot of acquisitions all the time, every time. And it is still a little bit nerve wracking, even in the case of this one, where it doesn't feel like they're taking something off the market because they were already kind of in the PlayStation fold already. This one feels less schmarmy, but just acquisitions in general, overtaking the industry, not my favorite thing, not my favorite thing, but you know, we press on, we move on and yeah, we'll, we'll see what becomes of the studio and their first game. And then with that, we have the last little topic of the show that I wanted to bring up, uh, which speaking of uh, Ukraine and humanitarian aid, uh, Fortnite <laughs> is something that uh, is doing something similar here. Uh, so this is basically Fortnite. They have a new season out. I want to say it's chapter three of season one. Not actually, I don't know how they do their things, but it's a new season. It's called Resistance. And there was it was a weird thing because this new season of Fortnite, usually they have a big marketing push for their new seasons. Usually they're doing like a bunch of cool, like, ah, oh, here's this cool trailer and blah, blah, blah. And there was a cool trailer and everything, but that stuff didn't really come out until the full season was already live on servers. It didn't really come out in like this big tease on social media. It kind of just the game updated and it was up there. Sorry, I'm arranging my Crocs because they were fitting my feet weird. Um, in any case, yeah, the reason they did that is because the theme of this new Fortnite update is a war between two fictional factions in the game. And that's a little bit in poor taste considering what's popping off in Ukraine right now. Uh, people probably don't want to be thinking about war to that degree. So uh, to counteract that, uh, you know, Epic Games has said that they're uh, pledging the first two weeks of, uh, of proceeds from Fortnite. They're pledging all of that to Ukraine. And that's kind of crazy because, you know, Fortnite is the most popular game probably one of the most popular games out there um they make millions of dollars a second <laughs> all right maybe not a second they probably make millions of dollars an hour uh and the game is super popular uh this season isn't there's nothing super crazy going on this season i know they had dwayne the rock jocks dwayne the rock johnson in last season and they had spider-man in last season 
this season, you know, you got the Prowler, so it's continuing that continuing that Spider-Man uh, crossover, and they have Doctor Strange as well in the Battle Pass, so you can unlock those if you play enough. So, you know, they still have some good things in here, but this season isn't that crazy as far as crossovers are concerned, right here at the onset of the season. But just generally, having all the proceeds from Ukraine go to Ukraine for these first two weeks, the start of the season is like the time where people are spending the most money. That's when people are like, all right, let me spend my money for the battle pass. Let me see what new skins there are. Let me see if I want to buy. Cause think about all the mine or I was going to say Minecraft, all the Fortnite YouTubers who hop on first day and then buy the entire contents of the battle pass. They drop like a good two or $300 on Fortnite the day that everything goes live so that they can make videos and content about it. This is that type of thing. So they've already shown the proceeds from it. Within the first day, uh, it looks like as soon as things opened up, they donated what some something like $36 million to uh, humanitarian relief for Ukraine. And they've already talked about how they're splitting up the funds. It's going to be going to a couple different organizations, going to UNICEF. It's going to, let's see here. They got all the Twitters linked here. Uh, the World Food Program. It's going to uh, the UN Refugee Agency, and it's going to uh, Direct Relief. Uh, so yeah, it's really cool to see Fortnite doing that. You know, big ups to them. Uh, I know Epic Games, you know, Epic Games is a big corporation, so you don't want to show any major corporation that much sympathy because at the end of the day, they are a corporation and profits are over everything but epic specifically they still have a little bit of that smaller studio spirit so where they do stuff like this um earlier when they were fighting a bit when they were fighting against apple uh you know they they came off as the little guy compared to apple despite them both being multi-million and in apple's case multi-billion dollar companies but they still have a little bit of that spunk there that uh, leads them to do stuff like this, leads them to have a better profit share with uh, publishers and developers on their store and, you know, stuff like that. So got to gotta give a shout out to Epic when it's due. Um, still, they're a corporation, so I'm not going to sit here and, you know, fellatiate them on the podcast. But, you know, they're, they're a decent studio, so good on them. And, yeah, can't wait to see how much higher those proceeds can go to Ukraine because I tell you, man. Ukraine has gotten so much money from just gamers, just gamers, like just thinking about the stuff that we've done. We gave them almost 10,000 or 10,000. We gave them almost 10 million just with the itch.io bundle. We've almost doubled that amount with the Ukraine bundle over at Humble Bundle. And now we got Fortnite just blowing both of those out of the water. Um, and I contributed to all of that because I bought that Fortnite Battle Pass as soon as it came up. I've been playing a lot of Fortnite. So, yeah, good to see that. And just to speak a little bit about Fortnite's you know, new update, the reason so many people are coming on for the first time is because they took out building. That's right. Fortnite, you cannot build in Fortnite anymore, at least not in the main uh, Battle Royale mode. Now, I've read that it's a temporary thing. It's just for the first two weeks, or maybe not first two weeks, but it's just for the first few days of the season where you won't be able to uh, build. And they have built-in things to kind of counteract the building because the building was really good for if you're getting shot you could put up a wall real quick to kind of give you time to run away and to retreat and go heal or something. Now they've added new mechanics in here to make that scurry a little bit more active. Now they added a kind of a sprint here where you could always run in Fortnite, but now they have like a sprint on top of that run to where you're like kind of boosting out of the way. Um, they've added mantling. So now you can get up on top of uh, 
on top of doors, on top of roofs. You can kind of like climb up if you just hit the ledge barely, um, which I really appreciate. I thought that was sorely missing in previous seasons. Um, so happy to see that. And they also have a secondary smaller shield now. Um, of course, if you've played Fortnite at all, you understand there's a health meter and a shield meter. Now they have a separate meter on the side that only has like a 50... Uh, 50 hit points and it just kind of like blocks your back so no one can like completely snipe you from behind and it kind of gives you that extra second to realize you're being shot and run away or to do whatever evasive maneuvers you need to uh so yeah it's really nice to see think of it as like a uh like a halo shield where it just regenerates over time uh and the rest of your shields and health you gotta of course drink fluids or d use whatever items you use to uh get your health there but uh yeah it it's very cool to see that they're implementing these, these new features and i've already played a little bit of the season uh the season does kind of push you more towards combat it does feel more active in this way and i've i've already gotten it to where i was already in the final five and i was able to take out people a lot easier because they weren't building you know 10 story condos in four seconds so god i already love this new change it's making me feel more capable of winning a match than i ever have before uh now i didn't win that match i got number i got in the second because i kept missing my shots when i was trying to shoot the last guy and we were just trading bullets but in any case uh fortnite is very good so i wanted to give a shout out to that um so yeah very excited to play more fortnite but uh, yeah, those are all the topics I wanted to just mention here briefly. Uh, like I said, not too much to talk about all those topics. I feel like for the Humble Bundle one, that was the biggest one since there were so many games to talk about. But uh, yeah, it's a pretty chill news week as far as those things are concerned. But you know, there's still good stories nonetheless. So wanted to go ahead and share all that stuff. Now, with all that out of the way, let's go ahead and talk about what I've been playing this past week. Um, like I said at the top, I've been playing so much Horizon, um, and I'm not going to have a whole segment here about Horizon, but I will say I've crossed the 50-hour mark, and the 50-hour mark was my, not limit, but that's kind of what I was hoping the game would stop, <laughs> and by that I mean before Horizon Forbidden West came out, I thought back to Zero Dawn. In Zero Dawn, it took me about 50 hours to platinum that game. So that's not just to beat the story, that's to find all the collectibles, do all the little tasks, do, check off all the lists. It took me 50 hours in that game to do everything, um, or at least do enough to where the platinum trophy was, the requirements for that were satisfied. I have been playing this game for f just over 50 hours. I'm at 51 now. I don't have a platinum trophy. <laughs> I I don't even have most of the trophies. Or actually, I do have most of them. I think I'm at around 60%. And this is what I was dreading. I did not want this game to be substantially longer than the original game because long games scare me. <laughs> just the thought of playing something for forever and ever and ever and ever and ever is just a lot. And it's it's I'm a little bit of a hypocrite about that because I sat here and grinded all these levels in Fortnite. I sat here and, you know, I played a bunch of Apex in the past. I played a bunch of Call of Duty in the past. Like I'm a little bit of a hypocrite because I played those games for dozens and dozens of hours. But in the case of something like Horizon, where it's a narrative, where it is a it's a game that I'm more active, it's it's a little bit more difficult. Cause in a Fortnite match, I turn the volume all the way down. I turn on the little uh make audio cues visual so I don't have to listen for footsteps. I can just see them pop up on my radar. I turn all that on, I turn on a podcast, and I zone out more or less for, you know, an hour or two. 
I don't do that in Horizon. Whenever I'm playing Horizon, I'm in that world fully immersed. I'm listening to the footsteps. Often I'm not even riding a mount. I'm just step by step walking through the world and experiencing everything and I'm enjoying it. I love it. But then I look back on it after I'm done with my PlayStation and I'm like, I played so much of this and I'm still not done. And it's just so daunting when I think about it. But when I'm actually in it, I'm still very much so enjoying my time. I'm still having, I'm still in photo mode every couple minutes, taking a bunch of screenshots. And I love the game. So I'm going to keep playing it. Uh, like I said, I hope that I'm done with it by the end of the month at the very least. Kirby comes out in a couple of days. So Kirby's going to fuck me up in a little bit. But even Kirby won't be too big of a game compared to Horizon. So perhaps I'll come back to Horizon afterward, or maybe I'll just play Kirby and Horizon at the same time for a minute, but I'm pretty sure I'm almost done with Horizon. I'm um, looking at the trophies. There's only two more trophies for big main plot stuff. Uh, so perhaps I'm nearing the end of it. And I really hope so. Cause Lord have mercy as much as I'm enjoying the game. It's like, damn, bro, I've been playing this for a long time. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how much longer I play it. Uh, and as I said, I, oh, I'm not going to make it a big segment. And I talk about it for what, 10 minutes or whatever. Um, anywho, uh, let's go on to some more games that I've been playing. This one I've been playing very quickly. I have not put much time into this game at all. In fact, if I look at my playtime on the website known as Exophase, it'll tell me my playtime, which is super small. And that playtime, oh, I've only played like 40 minutes, <laughs> even less than that. Whatever, yeah, 0.3 of an hour. God, that's actually, what is 0.3 of an hour? Yeah, because it's decimals hours. So it's not 30 minutes. It's like point, so a third of an hour. So I've played 20 minutes of Ultra Kill. <laughs> Maybe just over 20 minutes of Ultra Kill. Uh, and basically, for those of you who don't know, Ultra Kill is a PC shooter. This is a game that was in that uh, Boomer Shooter bundle that I talked about on the last episode. Uh, it's in that bundle. It wasn't a game included, though. It was the one that came with a coupon to get it 25% off. So I cashed in that coupon, picked it up for 15 instead of 20 And I like this game a lot. People have talked about it being Doom Eternal meets Devil May Cry. It is exactly that. There's no reloading. There's no aim down sights. It is just hot balls to the wall, wall jumping, sliding, ground pounding action. I love this game. It is awesome. It's still in early access too, which is crazy because they just added full controller support uh, and they're still updating the game as we go. I don't think there's achievements or even seen trading cards or anything like that yet, but man, this game has a lot going for it already. I'm enjoying the hell out of this. I will definitely be coming back to beat this game. And what kind of trips me up about it is because this game seemed like it was going to be so PC specific when I looked at gameplay, because I've heard of this game. I've known its existence for a little while here, but it just looked like the type of game where this will this will give you a perfect example of what I mean by this. There's a there's a pistol in the game that the alt fire on the pistol is that you throw a coin into the air. And as the coin comes down, you can shoot the coin and it will ricochet into the weak point of a nearby enemy. That is such a pinpoint precision thing that I never thought of. So when I saw that, I was like, man, there's no way you could do that on a controller. And they let you do it on a controller. And the auto aim is fairly, it's weird how they do the auto aim in this game because it's not like some, it's not like a Call of Duty or anything where aim gets sticky. It's more that the reticle just like transitions to a different character. So it's like a weird kind of auto lock on type thing. 
without it being an actual lock-on instead of it being like a sticky aim type thing. So it's a little bit weird in that way, and this is definitely something I'm going to get used to, but it works best for boss battles. Like when you're in a boss battle, I've already beaten one boss in this game, and in that boss battle, it was very high octane. It was very intense, and I didn't feel like I had to be so perfect with my aim because that auto aim with the controller controls that I was using, uh, it was definitely helping me out uh, a decent bit to where I didn't feel like, oh, it's bullshit because I couldn't hit that because I can't turn the extra two degrees in four seconds or whatever. Um, so yeah, really, really enjoying that. Ultra Kill is sick as hell. I want to play some more of it. I got to get good at this combat because it is a lot of, uh, not only is it fast paced and the weapons hit hard and hit quick, but it requires a lot of movement because if you stay in one spot too long, you will die very quickly. And the way to get back health is to bathe in the blood of your enemies. But you can't just like slide into the puddle that's there after you kill them. You have to be in their face and like absorb the blood before it hits the ground. And that's how you heal in this game. So it makes you, you know, you're having to get into people's face a lot. There's a really good shotgun that takes advantage of that. Um, and so, yeah, all that stuff's good. But I got to get good at the game, man. I just got to work at it. And yeah, I'll come back and play it some more. Hopefully they get a full release this year because this is a game where I could definitely see this being in my top five of the year or maybe just my top 10 either way because there's some there's some fucking games coming out this year. But uh, I could see myself falling in love with this game very quickly. Uh, so yeah, Lord only knows what happens with the rest of this game. Hopefully it gets a full release this year, but I'm going to enjoy it either way. So yeah, Ultra Kill, very, very good time with that one. The next game here is a title that I've been playing on and off for a very long time. <laughs> I've been playing this game. I want to say I spent most of last year uh, chipping away at this game. Uh, I just figured, you know, this will be just something I can come back to. It'll be a comfort food. Uh, and I finally decide to go ahead and finish my plate. And that game is Far Cry 5. Uh, I... I'll tell you why I had a, a itch to get back to this game for a second here. But um, yeah, I got back into Far Cry 5. I only had two main story missions left to beat. Uh, so I just went in, just did that, did the first story mission and then beelined across the world to the last story mission and finished everything. Uh, and, you know, Far Cry 5 isn't a horrible game. It is a game that if I was playing this game with the full hype of when it first came out and all the excitement and everything, I don't think I would have liked it as much. This is a game where I definitely had to uh, get away from it, let the years pass so that my expectations weren't so high. Because when you get right down to it, Far Cry 5 is a fine, fine game. It's a fun game. I think it's well made. I think it's like pretty decently designed. I don't think there's any like super obvious flaws with it. It is just not original. <laughs> it is an open world checklist. Look at your map, look at the icons, go here, go there. Here's your content. Like, I think this game is an open world full of content than it is an open world full of people or places or things like that. It, it feels like a curated place, which is fine. You know, games are artificial or games are totally acceptable to be artificial and they don't always have to be the most immersive thing but definitely in contrast to horizon which i've also been playing to just have a open world game that feels so like this whole thing exists for me to just do these missions and to get these resources and to upgrade these things it just felt a little weird but 
playing through the story, you know, these characters, I wasn't, I wasn't super in love with every character in Far Cry 5. Uh, I wasn't sitting here on the edge of my seat like, oh man, what's going to happen to this character or that character? I didn't really care about much of them, but it was fun to see the little set pieces they had. And at a certain point, Far Cry 5 felt less like I was playing a game from the last few years. And it felt more like I was playing one of those like ultra edgy PlayStation 3 shooters, like your, uh, like your quantum theory or something like that, or not even quantum theory. Cause I wouldn't even call quantum theory edgy, maybe like a singularity maybe. Cause that's a little bit violent and stuff. It's just like everything about far cry five is so serious and dark that it doesn't really, it clashes sometimes with the ridiculousness of the fact that I wingsuit into the last mission because <laughs> I unlocked an upgrade for fast travel where it'll let you just airdrop into any place you want. And uh, yeah, I did that for the last mission and I just wingsuited right into the mission. And then as soon as I landed, it was like, oh, this is a serious mission. And so I had to like put my weapons down. <laughs> so I like just wingsuited and then instantly put the hands to the side. <laughs> it was a very strange sensation. But uh, but yeah, I uh, I enjoyed the game. I, I will say because the game is so serious and I, I knew the ending of the game. For those of you who haven't played the game, I won't be spoiling the ending. But the ending just... It's so they play it so straight. They play it so serious. But that ending jumps the fucking shark. It is the most ridiculous thing that I feel like could have happened in this game. But it's played so straight that I couldn't help but laugh. It is so funny to me. Um, there's like there's a certain line of dialogue where a character is like freaking out. And when I heard that, like it's supposed to be like serious, like holy shit. But like when I heard that, I was laughing like the the shock of the ending had nothing on me because, you know, we all know Far Cry New Dawn. The premise of that game kind of spoils the ending of this game. So if you know what that premise is, you know, you've already been spoiled. So I've been spoiled for a long time. And holy shit, man, I just thought it was so stupid how this game ends. But the stupidity of how it ends kind of, you know, speaks back to the fun that I was having. Cause I did have fun walking around with my cougar and my dog, just fucking up the open world. I did have fun shooting, uh, all these enemies and I had fun stealthing around. The thing I will say is that I did miss a lot of the specific structural, uh, quirks of Far Cry three and four when it came to Far Cry five. Like I think, I think exploring the world's fun, but at a certain point, there's only specific things you want to find in the world and you're not getting it anymore. Uh, for example, you know, they have a whole skill tree and they have a whole bunch of skills there that you can unlock piece by piece. You can find skill points out in the world, but you can also earn skill points by doing challenges. The thing I didn't like about Far Cry 5 is once you've done all the challenges that you care to do, you have to you have to keep switching up your gameplay styles and your weapon choices and blah blah blah. You have to keep switching that up. But at a certain point, it's like I don't want to keep switching. I want to use my shotgun. I want to use my AR. I want to use my arrows. Like it keeps making me choose different weapons that I wouldn't have chosen otherwise. And yes, that adds to more variety. But it also makes you play in a way that you don't necessarily want to. And for a game like Far Cry 5, where everything is about player choice, everything is about what type of content do you want right now? We're going to spoon feed your choice of content. Uh, it felt kind of antithetical to the type of game they were making in that way. And then especially once you get into the super extreme late game like I got, because um, I beat the game after 23 hours. And there's still a lot of the map that I have not uncovered. But by hour 20 or so, I was like, all right, I've used every type of weapon. 
I've gotten every type of collectible. I've used every type of throwable grenade or whatever on all these enemies. And I still have things in the skill book that I haven't unlocked yet. So now it's like, all right, I have to go fishing to unlock the rest of this stuff. I have to go hunting. I don't want to do any of that. And so it makes it feel like all these skill points are out of your reach because you don't want to play the game in a certain way. So I didn't really love that. Um, I will say as far as the combat goes, the shooting in Far Cry is fine. And I'll say it's a lot better on Xbox because they do have the frame rate boost mode. And I played the entire game in 60 FPS that way. I think I recommend that to everybody. If you can play Far Cry at a higher frame rate, play it at a higher frame rate. I think the game's a lot better that way. But um, the combat is fine. But because there's no XP in this game, there's no leveling up bars or anything. Combat is only fun for its own sake. And actually, every action in this game is only going to be fun for its own sake. There's no leveling up. There's no. It, it doesn't feel rewarding to clear out an enemy base in the same way. Where, yes, you, you cleared out an enemy base and it gives you a new side mission to do. It gives you a new shop to use all that money that you looted from these bodies. It gives you a lot of cool things to do. But... You don't get that same satisfaction when you hear when you clear out an entire enemy base without being seen and you get that little bonus un, undercover or whatever or or indiscreet. I forget how they phrase it, but they give you an XP bonus in the older games for clearing out an enemy base without being caught uh, or just noticed at all. I always thought that was really fun. They gave you a, just a massive XP bonus in this game. They just say, oh, undetected, but they don't really give you I think they give you a little bit of extra money. But like, you can get money from doing anything. <laughs> you can get money off of all these enemies. You can sell pelts in the world from all the hunt enemies you hunt. You can get money in so many different ways. And a lot of quests just reward you with big sums of money anyway. So if you're playing deep into the story, you already got tens of thousands of dollars. And even now with the character I left back into the game, I have so many thousands of dollars still that I could spend. I actually went on a spending spree just to get another achievement uh, in Far Cry 5. Just I just dropped like, 20 grand on some costumes just so i can unlock an achievement so yeah it's the economy in the game the game feels like it runs out of reasons to get you to keep playing the deeper you get into the game and they just hope that you just keep going forward because you've gone this far <laughs> so why not keep going so not my favorite far cry as far as that goes hopefully that's fixed in far cry 6 but um one thing i'm really excited about is now that i've beaten far cry 5 uh, eventually, well, before I even get to New Dawn, which I also own New Dawn on Xbox, and that also does have the frame rate boost mode, I I picked up the DLC for Far Cry 5, I believe. Uh, the, the They have a Vietnam expansion, they have a Mars expansion, and they have a Zombies expansion. Uh, so depending on how those are, I think I might look at some reviews for those because I don't know if I, I know they're all very short. I know they're all like a handful of hours each. Uh, if this game took 23 hours to beat, I think each of those will take less than five. <laughs> so uh, I want to see how the quality on those, because if I I do kind of like the idea of this different, fantastical flavored Far Cry experiences, but I need to make sure are they going to have some better progression? Are they going to have uh, interesting new combat scenarios? Are they going to do things in a new and interesting way? Or are they just going to be very like very dry very unoriginal so you know we'll see on that uh time will tell if i come back to those because hey i like far cry a lot i played far cry 3 the remaster i think it's just called classic edition Ooh, excuse me but i played that on xbox no i played it on playstation uh last year i just replayed the whole thing from top to bottom and platinumed it 
and I enjoy those games. I love the Far Cry series, uh, but I really feel like they got to do some new stuff. And Far Cry 6 did just come out, and I do own Far Cry 6. I picked it up on uh, Gamefly not too long ago, and it is at my house now, so uh, I can also play that after New Dawn. But, man, I, I hope that Far Cry 6 and New Dawn also are not structured in the same way as Far Cry 5, because Far Cry 5, it felt like, man... The only reason I'm pushing forward in this game is to see what happens at the end of the story, because it's making me do very specific things to get more powerful and to, you know, become a better player. So not my favorite, but Far Cry is going to Far Cry. So we'll see what happens with that franchise in the near future. And I'll report back whenever I do decide to start the other Far Cry games in that series. And uh, the last game here that I've written down uh, is another game that I've been chipping away at for a very not that long of a time i've owned this game for a long time i probably owned this game longer than i owned uh far cry 5 but um i've just been chipping away at this one for the last couple of months maybe not all of last year but for several months i've been chipping away at it and this game is lego marvel's avengers on the playstation vita specifically uh yeah i i don't know if this is a surprise because i'm mr vita guy but I every now and then I'll pick up my Vita and I'll just mess around with it. And uh, Lego Marvel Avengers is a game that I picked up really only for one reason. I picked it up uh, closer to when I was in big Vita, you know, fanboy mode back when it was all about, you know, supporting the Vita. They uh, by they, I mean, the folks over at uh, Tale is it Telltale Games? Traveler's Tales, Traveler's Tale Games um, at TT Games is going to call them TT. So TT, they make the Marvel, they make the Lego games and all of the Lego games on the Vita up until Avengers had been basically ports of the 3DS version. So it was just the typical linear, you know, fighting set pieces and stuff. But on consoles, on PlayStation 4 and everything, uh, the Lego games had blown up into open world affairs. You know, you could explore the entire city of Gotham in uh, Batman, I think Lego Batman 2 or 3, or maybe even both of them. It was a completely open world title. Uh, Lego Marvel's Avengers was a completely open world title. Um, Lego Superheroes, I want to say, uh, was open world as well. Uh, just Lego Marvel Superheroes. Uh, so a lot of these Lego titles are open world. So it seemed kind of crazy that the Vita, which is supposed to be able to run all these games, you know, the Vita was touted as being the the big consoles in the palm of your hand. Um, oh, wow. The power of the sun in the palm of my hand. Sorry, I just thought of that and I had to get it out. Um, shout out to Spider-Man. I love those movies. Um, so, yeah, it was like, why can't we play those big open world games on the Vita? So TT Games said, all right, bet. We're going to make Lego Marvel's Avengers. It's going to be open world and we're going to see if you like it. And I got to admit. It's a lot different than that portrayal implies because I've never played Lego Marvel's Avengers on PlayStation 3 or PlayStation 4. So I really couldn't tell you how those step up. I will say I own them either on PS4 or Xbox, one of the two. I do own it, so I could go back and check. But compared to at least Marvel uh, superheroes, just the, the first Lego Marvel game uh, that was on PS4, compared to that... This open world is so much smaller. This is like 
one district <laughs> and they pack it with stuff like there's things to break there's lego items to shatter into studs uh there's a bunch of little cool little race missions or break apart a bunch of shit missions or little missions around town that you can you have to be a certain character like i i there's a daredevil little side mission that you can switch to because you unlock daredevil by doing a lot of the smash challenges around the open world and then once i unlocked daredevil i had to pay him pay for that character in studs then i unlocked them went up to the mission marker and there was a cool little daredevil mission where i just run up a bunch of buildings to get this uh this gift for another character echo uh and it was a fun little thing it was like a maybe five minute diversion but the open world is full of these smaller five minute diversions it is just you know it's not even like set piece things it's just like very disposable throwaway open world tasks like all of when i say smash missions i mean they'll give you 45 seconds to smash as many items as you can and if you get if you smash enough items to reach a stud counter uh they have like a bronze silver and gold tiers and then depending on the tier you'll get a certain amount of studs as a reward uh so it's a good way to like get studs easy i just played as hulk for all those missions and just like blew past everything um there are races in the game too but I was trying to do the races with Hulk, thinking, oh, well, he's Hulk. Nothing's going to stop him. But then I realized, oh, he's not actually that fast. But Quicksilver is in this game because uh, Lego Marvel's Avengers is adapting not only the original Avengers movie, but also Age of Ultron. Um, so you're getting both of those movies referenced in here. So Quicksilver is in the game and he is fast as fuck boy so uh he can bliss past those uh races very quickly so i'm probably gonna go back with quicksilver and do all those races but uh yeah this is a game where i could see myself platinuming it but looking at the trophy list it's just a lot to do now most of this is just running around the open world doing a bunch of actions a bunch of times you know there's smash the 10 helicarrier fuel tanks with the quinjet perform the heartbreaker finishing move uh throw beta ray bill with hulk like there's a lot of cool little one-off actions that they ask you to do there's a lot of collectible things the things that get me are the uh it whenever you're playing through the main campaign the main campaign is closer to those linear uh kind of single player walk through things that the older lego games are known for your lego batman one your star wars games you know that type of stuff the story missions are just location, location. Here's a scene from the movie. Here's a scene from the movie. Very linear things. In those missions, they will have special tasks. Sometimes they'll be collectibles. So they'll be like a little stud with a new character that's hidden behind a crate or something. Other times there'll be a specific challenge. Like there's one boss battle with Ultron while you're playing as Black Cat and you have to avoid all of his attacks. And if you really try, you can avoid his attacks. But when you're playing the game the first time around, you're not trying to avoid all of his attacks. And it's just tricky enough to where you're going to want to try and do it again and again and again. But if you pause the game and repeat the mission, it repeats the whole mission, not just that segment. So in the case of this, this challenge specifically, um, where you're fighting Ultron, if you've ever seen Age of Ultron, uh, there's a there's a fight with him on the back of a truck. Uh, with Captain America and he's fighting Ultron and everything and then his shield falls into the ground Black Widow picks it up and then you transfer to Black Widow where you're doing this whole motorcycle race through the streets and while you're racing as her is when you get back to Ultron eventually and then he starts throwing attacks and you gotta avoid every single attack he does that's like a good two or three segments before you get to that point of that mission so if you ever if you get hit by one of his attacks just one 
you're restarting that whole section and it's gonna be a good 15 minutes maybe not 15 maybe like a good 10 minutes before you get to her section so you can get that right and that's gonna be really annoying for me so this this trophy list looks pretty easy um it looks like if i just put my mind to it i'd be able to easily check this stuff off but it it just seems like it would be a lot for me to try to check off <laughs> is the main thing here so um yeah perhaps I, I still have it installed actually this is a physical title so i still have it in my vita so um i'll probably come back to it you know check off a handful of things here and there over time uh i can see this being my go-to vita game just because it's you know nice simple fun doesn't require really precise inputs you know it's pretty simple but holy hell it, it, it can just be a lot if i was to make this my main thing so it's just going to be in the background for now, but uh, I did beat the main campaign, uh, and the game's cute. The game's fun. I like Lego games. I've never beaten a Lego game until now. This is the first Lego game I've ever beaten. Um, I wanted to make sure to beat this because looking at the Star Wars game, Lego Marvel Star Wars, or Lego Marvel Star Wars, good God, Lego Star Wars, the, St the Skywalker Saga, I believe is what it's called, the one that's coming out next month. That game looks really impressive. It looks like an evolution of the entire Lego kind of design it looks like they're not just making another beat em up now they have like third person shooting mechanics they have like a cover system now uh and even the combat looks a lot more involved so uh yeah i'm very excited to see how that game shakes out even though i'm not even a star wars person like i, I watched all those movies and got disappointed by the end so i was like all right i do not care about this franchise but i'm familiar with it enough to where getting to play through those movies and stuff is a little bit entertaining, but I'm just more there for the, you know, the Lego-ness of it, because those Lego games are always solid and always good, and, you know, definitely going to be good, so wanted to dip my toe into, into the series with Lego Marvel Avengers, and yeah, it was a good time, so perhaps I'll play some of these other games, because I have so, it's embarrassing how many Lego games I own, but I haven't played any of them until now, I have Lego Dimensions, I have several figures from Lego Dimensions, I have Lego City Undercover, I have Lego Marvel Super Heroes 1 and 2, and Avengers on, on like, home, modern home consoles, uh, shoot, I have other ones too, I want to say, actually, I have Lego Batman 1, 2, and 3 on the Epic Store, because they were free one day, one time, um, I own too many Lego games because they're either dirt cheap or they're free on PlayStation Plus. Shoot, I think I own Lego Marvel or Lego DC Supervillains. I own that too. I own a lot of Lego games, long story short, and I should be playing more of them. But hey, one day, one day I'll get around to it. So many games I got to check off the backlog. But hey, if you didn't notice all these games I've been talking about here, uh, Lego Marvel Avengers and Far Cry 5, I beat both of those games, which now means my goal of trying to make sure I beat at least two games a month this year, I'm on track for that goal. We are in mid-March, and uh, I've, I'm on track for it now. I've beaten two games for January, two games for February, and now two games for March, so uh, I'm making good progress, and it looks like maybe before the end of the month, I'll have three games this month, so I can stretch that over to April. Uh, because I'm trying to get through Horizon. Lord knows I want to, but boy, howdy, it's it's a lot of game. It is a lot of game. Uh, yeah, so that's what I've been playing here today. Um, next week, uh, we'll probably, once again, I'll probably have Kirby at that point. I'll probably be talking about Kirby, and I'll try to hit some people up to talk about Kirby, because I know that one is, uh, I know we get the same somewhat small cast on the show here so i want to try to expand it kirby might be a good one to expand it to folks that i might not usually talk to or speak with so uh perhaps we'll reach out to them if i can make the time to do so 
I, I feel like I always say that and then nothing happens. But yeah, we're going to try and do that. And um, and also, I will say that since we're talking about the show in a medicine, uh, episode 100, it's coming up. Uh, we got about 10 more weeks here. Um, if we stay regular with the podcast putouts, uh, episode 100 is going to hit around the time that uh, E3 season hits. It'll be like in that June time frame. Uh, so it's going to be weird. Uh, I don't know how. I mean, I don't know what exactly we should do for it. I feel like we should do something. We should have some big show. Um, I've thought of two things for episode 100. Oh, excuse me. Hold up. <clears throat> I've been talking for over an hour now. So my voice is like, all right, buddy, shut the fuck up. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, we there's two main ideas I have. We can either do a big episode where we invite a bunch of guests on for just a fun conversation of frivolous things, um, or we can do what I want to try to do. I had this idea uh, the other day, and I think it would be really cool. What if we just did a one-on-one interview with me and some person that I like a lot from the games industry? <laughs> like, I don't I don't know who it would be. It ideally would be someone who I'm not super duper familiar with like it would be someone who like i don't know in a personal sense at all if i did an interview type thing i have one person in mind that i'm like god i don't even think they do interviews because i've never seen them do an interview but like i would love to have them do an interview on this podcast um so i i would love to have a reason to hit them up and see if they even bite because <laughs> god that would be so cool but um yeah we could either do an interview thing where i could see if i can like pull the person to get them on the show and just talk about their craft or whatever. Or we can just do a big old party where we just have a bunch of people on here. Maybe not that many people or not like a 10 person podcast, but like maybe a four or five person podcast. Five might be a little crazy. Maybe we'll just keep it a four. But in any case, I'll think about it. Um, so yeah, let me know what y'all are thinking. If y'all have like specific desires or thoughts, we could even just make it a Q&A episode. Because we never ask y'all any questions, our loyal listeners out there. So perhaps if y'all just have things that you want to ask, things that you always wanted to know about me and Al, maybe maybe that could be episode 99, and then that leads us into episode 100. Huh, maybe. I'm thinking of things here on the fly. Um, but yeah, let us know what you want for episode 100. Uh, you don't have to be too specific, but just you know, throw ideas on the board there. Uh, of course, my Twitter will be in the description of this podcast, just like it is on every single podcast. You can just click my name there, and it'll take you right to my Twitter. So uh, feel free to DM me on Twitter because I do see DMs. My DMs are open in that I can see everybody's DM, but I have to accept whether or not to reply to them. <laughs> so like, I can see anything you send me, whether or not I'll respond. You know, just don't be saying any fuck shit and you'll be good. But uh, yeah, DM me on Twitter. Let me know what you what your thoughts are for episode 100 because I don't have any specific thoughts. I have a bunch of like smaller thoughts that I'm like, hmm, that could be good. That could be good. That could be good. But I want to see what the audience thinks. So yeah, let me know what you think there. Uh, and with that, let's go ahead. Since we're kind of already talking about housekeeping matters, let's go ahead and get into the actual housekeeping here. Here's some stuff that's on VGU.TV's uh I, I was going to say Empire. Uh, things going on around the website that you can check out for from us. Uh, so most of this stuff is just YouTube stuff right now. We're doing a lot of YouTube content. I know uh, both Al and Graydon. Wow. 
Actually, no. Yeah, both Al and Graydon and Josh. <laughs> I said Al's name instead of Josh. I was thinking of Josh, but then I said Al. But Al also works because all three of them have been making some uh, really good content on the YouTube channel lately, uh, starting with Star Wars The Clone Wars, Republic Heroes, Part 34, Two Dynamic Jedi. Uh, some more Star Wars Let's Play goodness there. Go ahead and check that one out. Uh, the 2022 Steam Next Fest, Finders Keepers, that game is another little Let's Play clip here from, uh, I want to say that's from Graydon, so go ahead and check that one out. Then we have Beacon Badge Acquired, Alan plays Pokemon Brilliant Diamond Part 5, uh, Al has been really into Pokemon, I'm actually uh, working on a a uh, video intro for his Pokemon Let's Plays because he is far or they are far from done with Pokemon Let's Plays. They're they're going to be putting a lot of Pokemon stuff on the YouTube channel. So look forward to that because uh, they're having a lot of fun with that. And of course, follow the fun. I always say I don't always say that, but I do agree with it. So go ahead and check that one out. Um, something from me on the YouTube channel as well. I've also put something up there. Um, if y'all remember last year, uh, about a year or so ago, uh, they had the Walking Dead uh, Collector's Edition uh, th for the final season. They remastered all of the Walking Dead and put it on uh, modern gen consoles. Uh, they did a big collector's edition for that. I picked it up and I made a YouTube video about it on my personal channel. And a lot of people watch that video. Uh, that thing almost has a thousand views as of now, uh, which is crazy. Maybe it's because that collector's edition was so special. Like it wasn't something that was just in stores that anybody could get. So I think people are just like, I wonder what's in this thing that I can't buy anymore. So that did a lot of views. So I said, hey, I got the Horizon Forbidden West Regalia Edition. Let's do a let's, well, let's play. Let's do an unboxing of that. So you can go ahead and click that link down below and now take you to our YouTube channel where you can see a let's play of that. Wow, I keep saying let's play. An unboxing of that edition. Uh, I had a lot of fun making that video. That was a fun one. So go ahead and check that one out. Uh, then the next video here is another Steam Next Fest uh, video for Super Catboy. Don't know what the fuck that is, but Super Catboy sounds like it's a, a Michael Hyam joint. So go ahead and check that one out. Shout out to Michael Hyam. He's a good kid. Um, so yeah, very interested in that one. I, I actually might watch that video. So go ahead and check that one out. Uh, just passing through, uh, we have another episode of that starring Cyber Shadow, which is an indie game that I know a lot of people have been uh praising out there i know some folks at over at uh 6 one india have been loving that game so go ahead and check that one out uh cyber shadow seems to be a solid time and then we have a, a vgu plays for the recent the recently released uh paradise killer uh that one actually came out on switch and pc last year but it's finally on xbox and playstation right now and it's on game pass as well uh and i believe this is a josh joint uh if i'm wrong on that i apologize but josh i think is the one playing paradise killer a uh, very interesting game very vibrant very strange game uh so that one's a, a good one to at least watch the video see if you're into it and if you are go ahead and check it out on game pass and uh the last housekeeping here this is uh for friends of the show uh friend uh, uh i was gonna say sister site i wouldn't call them a sister site but uh just they're generally friends of the show uh the folks over at uppercut we've talked about uppercut uh a handful of times on the podcast uh they're made up of uh ty gallitz row uh, we got Monty who's over there. We got uh, Jess Howard who's over there. Um, you know, a bunch of folks that we've either had on the show or have mentioned on the show. Um, they're all great people. And one reason that that site is so great is because unlike our broke asses, they stand behind anyone who writes on their site. 
they want to try and pay at a fair rate. Um, they try to pay everyone. They try to pay everybody for their time. Um, if you're writing an article with them, it's a whole, they want to try and have, let people have like actual freelance experience. So they try to make it as close to like a professional site as possible with working with different freelancers, getting pay down, all that stuff. So I respect the hell out of them. They have a lot more, uh, I was going to say fortitude. I don't know if that's the word I mean, but uh, they have their shit together to a higher degree. And I respect the hell out of them for that. But um, because they are funding or because they are paying people, they need funding more pertinently than uh, a lot of other smaller independent sites out there. And I got to tell you, man, Uppercut, they have a they have a queer focus, but they generally just have a minority focus. They write about a lot of concepts that the bigger sites don't always write about whether they want to or just forget to. So uh, I really value the perspectives that they highlight on that site. And I just wanted to make sure I let all you guys know that they have a Kickstarter going on right now. At the time of me recording it, they have seven more days until their Kickstarter is done. They're trying to fund their entire year of freelance material, uh, which is just a little bit over 10K for the whole year. They're trying to be able to pay a certain amount of writers and collaborators for the entire year. Uh, so this would give them the budget to do that. They're at about, uh, they're just under $7,000 right now. And I know if we push, if we all collectively push hard enough, we can get them over that goal. So if you have a handful of bucks just to spare to them, uh, you know, like your five, your 10, your 20, they actually have tiers on there that you can support and they'll, uh, that you'll be upgraded to certain things. So uh, yeah, go ahead and check out that page. That's in the description as well. That's the last link down there in the housekeeping. Um, definitely go show them some support. Go ahead and throw your bucks at them because they are, I'm gonna keep it real with you, Chief. The things that they write about are often more impactful than the things that we write about here. <laughs> Cause we're just like, hey, we like the thing or we don't like the thing. They're over there like, yo, here's what this thing means in the broader culture of our world. And here's what this thing means from the perspective of, you know, different minorities and, you know, things like that. So, I mean, hey, I'm a, I'm a black dude and I'm saying that. So like the point I'm trying to get across is they have a valuable voice and people need, people deserve to be compensated for sharing that voice with us. So, uh, yeah, go ahead and check that out there. Click that link, give them the money that you have. And that's all I got for today. Uh, I am proud of myself because I was totally worried that I was going to go, you know, two hours long. I thought I was going to get caught up rambling on something, but no, I stayed and kept my promise. This was a shorter episode, just over an hour long. Uh, maybe this will be a good introductory episode for people because it is so short, or maybe it won't be because there's only one person on here and that doesn't happen often. <laughs> but in any case, we're going to make sure and get a gaggle of guests on for next episode. Uh, I want to talk about Kirby with some people, so we're going to try and get some Curbsters on here. Um, and Al will be back on the podcast. I understand that Al, uh, they mentioned it earlier on Twitter, but uh, Al is taking a little bit of a break from just all VGU content right now. Uh, they're just, you know, a little bit burned out because all they do is VGU stuff. Like I'm at work most of the time and everybody else works most of the time. Even he works a little bit too. But like they they put so much time and effort into VGU. They are like the main person. So like when, when they said, hey, I need a break, I was like, yo, get up out of here. Uh, me, Graydon, and Josh, we all got it from here for a while. So um, they will be back on here. So look forward to Al in later episodes of the Players Club Podcast. They'll definitely be on before episode 100. I can promise that at least. So yeah, that's all I got for you. 
Um, thank you all for listening to this one. Hopefully this one wasn't uh, rough to listen to. Hopefully you don't hate my voice because that would really suck. Um, but that's enough for me. And who is me? I have been Emmett Watkins Jr., also known as DJ Spun61 on all places on the internet. Thank y'all for listening and or watching if you're on YouTube. And uh, as I always say, keep it real, keep it drill. Play on player. Peace out, y'all. <laughs>